Hello and welcome to My Cat the Podcast, the show where each week I talk with a different guest about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and today on the podcast, I'll be talking to Alan about his cat, Sunderland. Alan is a retired electrical engineer from southwest London who previously worked for a major airline. I first met Alan through his voluntary job for an animal welfare charity, and within moments of speaking with him, could tell that cats have played a significant part in his life. He's had a pet cat since gentle black cat Bill in the Second World War, and has gone on to care for tortoise-shelled Tootsie, long-haired Candy, little tabby Bambi, long-haired Alice, calico rescue Polly, stray cat Daisy, foster cat Russell, and Sunderland, whose story Alan very kindly offered to share with us on the podcast today. So, without further ado, here's Alan talking to me about his cat Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah. Oh, well, one thing he did do once when I when I first got him was um, a mate of mine. Is no, he's no longer with us. This is what happens when you get old. You see, uh, you end up the last man standing. One, one of my oldest friends, Jim, really really nice chap, loved animals, and uh, Jim came to the door to meet Sunderland. He came over to meet Sunderland. And I had Sunderland in my arms. I said, this is Sunderland, Jim. And Sunderland, anything, anything like it. He'd only been with here for about uh, a month. He dashed out of my arms, rushed into this lounge area, ran round and round in circles and ran up the chimney. And, um, up, up the chimney? This chimney here. And um, I, I tried to get him down. Couldn't get him, just about touch his tail. And I still have scars on my arm here from where I was lacerated by a sharp cast iron up that chimney, trying to get him down. Gail said, oh, he'll come down, he'll come down. And once Jim went, Jim felt guilty, but it wasn't Jim's fault. And uh, Jim went down the pub, and I didn't get down there till very late that night. How long <laughs> did it take for someone to come down? About an hour. And eventually he came down. And um, I've got some metal grill which I've bent and I've shoved up the chimney. It's still up there to this day. So no creatures can get up the chimney. Oh, God, you have to knock half the house down to get him out. But no, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He's, he's a good little boy. He, he uses the inside toilet a lot more now. Mm. He, you know, he'll come in to go to the loo quite mm. often and then go out again. He's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? He's uh, 18 now nearly 19 and he ran down the stairs this morning he's pretty active touchwood although he shaked his back leg that worries me a bit i don't know it's probably something wrong with his foot or something but he's got to go to the vet uh soon for his booster jabs i'll have him checked over he's also drinking a bit more so you know it's all a sign of getting old poor thing but he's very very friendly he sleeps with me on the bed he's got his own bed on my bed and he has a hot water bottle 
under the duvet and his bed on top of that so it's not overly hot but that stays hot all day 24 hours keeps him warm and he um, seems to be fairly happy here we're very happy here he never touch wood wanders very far he's, he's pretty well in the house and the garden most of the time if he disappears I think it's just over the back fence there in his younger years he was a fighter he, would, he was a top cat when I first got him, he beat up any cat that came and he's coming home about once a fortnight with an abscess that cost me absolute fortune to keep these bites on his head under control. I was worried about all the, all the things he'd keep having done to the top of his head and um, fighting. As I say, he's very friendly but very, very nervous. He loved my wife dearly and uh, when we lost her, he sort of more or less gravitated to me. When he first turned up, we had one other cat called Daisy. I could tell you her story sometime. Um, but um, I lost her shortly after losing my wife in 2015. And um, he bonded even closer to me then, probably after that. I don't like leaving him for too long. I don't like going away. If I go away anywhere for more than about a week, um, I don't like it. He hates going to the um, to cattery to stay. A lady comes in, looks after him for me at the moment, which is a far better arrangement. So um, that pretty well is Sunderland. He's uh, got good, nice soft fur. Has a bald patch around his neck where he's wore a collar all his life with me, with us. And uh, yeah, so we've had him since he was about a year old. So when he was about a year old, well, you met him actually a bit before that. Well, I met him... Yeah, he was probably less than a year old when when we first met him because we were in this taverna in Greece, in uh, in Cyprus, in February. And of course it was a place called Ayanapa, which is a pretty hectic place in the summer, I believe, with young people. But in the winter it's a lovely fishing village, very quiet, not much open there. And uh, as I worked for an airline, I could get these cheap tickets and I took Gail for a weekend in Cyprus, Gail being my lovely wife and um, but she was pretty sick my wife after meeting her we've been married for about 10 years I suppose and multiple cirrhosis started to set in and by the time I took her to Cyprus in 2000 beginning of 2005 in February 2005 she was in a wheelchair but I still took her everywhere that I possibly could. And uh, we were in this taverna and my wife said to me, um, quietly she said, look, look. And I looked on her lap and there's a black cat sitting on her lap. There's a lot of cats there, but it all seemed to be fairly well looked after in Cyprus, unlike some places. And um, she was stroking this black cat and um, she said, Quick, she said, see if you can get some cat food and uh, some flea spray. Now, in a place like that, there's no chance. So I dutifully went down the road and tried to find these things. Couldn't find any. Came back. And I said, I can't. So gave him a saucer of milk. And he got back on her lap. And I could see there was a bond between Gail and this black cat. And um, 
the waiter came up and said, oh, he is Sunderland. So you have Sunderland. I said, well, why is he Sunderland? Why is it, what a funny name. He said, well, Sunderland football team, their motto is a black cat. He's Sunderland because of that. And so they named me after the football team because they were football mad out there. So that was Sunderland. So the next day we went to Trudos Mountains and kept thinking of Sunderland. And I, and speaking about him, I said to Gail, would you like him? She said, well, I can't have him. It's impossible. I said, no, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible. And uh, I, I went to the hotel reception and I said what the problem was. I needed somewhere that would board a cat prior to, um, you know, transportation to the UK. Oh, he said, oh, he said, there's a, a Mrs. Iris, he said, and she works at the British Forces Animal Welfare Society at Dekelia. Now, Dekelia is a, um, it's a British protectorate, really, within Cyprus. It's almost like a piece of land that's owned by Britain, like an embassy, but it's quite a sizable place. It's a lot of army stuff there. It's a military base. BFAWS, British Forces Animal Welfare Society. And they look after the animals when the soldiers are away or the airmen or what have you. So I phoned this number he gave me. No answer. Then the phone number came back. Phone phone rang and um, it was this called Mrs Iris. She uh, spoke to her. She said, well, she said, yes, if you can get him, we'll look after him. So right. So next day I got this cardboard box. To clarify, sorry, at this point, so Sunderland is a street cat. He's a street cat in a, home in, a, in a big gang of cats. He's been kind of looked after by the local yes, waiters. Yes, yes, they looked after quite well, really, scraps of food and bits of octopus and all the rest of it. But anyway, the next morning, I went with a cardboard box with Gail, and there he was. He's got straight on Gail's lap again, and... Um, so I tried to put him in the cardboard box and he went all X-shaped and wouldn't get in the box. So in the end, I got him in the box and he forced his way out and he dirty look and the, sh- the language he was giving cats wearing. Anyway, he it was impossible, couldn't do it. So um, I, I contacted again Mrs Iris and I said that, you know, we'll, uh, I'll come back for him. And she said, okay. And I, I saw Tassos, the waiter. Two waiters there, Tassos and Jim. They're both decent chaps. And uh, I gave him some money, Tassos, and asked if he could keep an eye on the cat and give him any scraps, Sunderland in particular, you know. And uh, I, would he mind if I phoned him? He said, no. And I phoned, for the next few weeks, I phoned him. What was their attitude to you? Because obviously... For them, they've got these cats, they come into the tavernas. Well, I think they just thought I was another mad Englishman, obviously. <laughs> mad dog's an Englishman, so I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. A, they're decent blokes, so, you know. They, they seem to like cats in Cyprus. But somebody, I think, had been cruel to Sunderland. Because mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't be so nervous, especially if, against men if something bad hadn't happened. And I think he'd been kicked or something like that, but it just made him very nervous. He might have cracked a rib or something, I don't know. But um, anyway, next long weekend I was rostered off three weeks later. I went back to Cyprus. I booked into this cheap hotel, real grossy place it was, but it didn't matter to me. It's still sort of early spring, late winter. And um, 
I searched for Sunderland, and it wasn't until after dark I saw him running around with the other cats. But he wasn't that keen on me, really, as Gail he really liked. And um, next day I went back, and he didn't turn up till about midday, and he was walking across the beach, and he walked into a, another taverna. I went over, and a German lady was there with Sunderland. He was looking up at her, and she stroked him. And I, because of a cheek, really, I said, excuse me, I said, do you mind? I said, I'm afraid that he's my cat. Your cat, in English. I said, yeah, my cat. And so I took him and carried him back and put him in the box. And I, he hated it. And he was screaming and shouting. So I had to wait with him till about five or six in the evening with him screaming and shouting in this box. And it was terrible and driving him back to Tequila from this Ayanapa place and uh, finally got him back there and Mrs Iris turned up, got him, put him in the cage and I felt so guilty that I'd taken this cat away from his home and everything he knew but I knew it was for the best for him anyway but I felt also guilty the fact I could only take one and not all the others Anyway, he served his quarantine out in uh, Cyprus. Um, he was injected out there for rabies, blood tests and one thing and another. Had to send these samples to Athens to be tested and uh, something about sand flies. He had to be tested for something they cause. I don't know what it is. But uh, he passed all those tests. And as he was under the care of the British Army, I was hoping he'd flown back to Bryce Norton free of charge or something, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. And it cost me about £500 to uh, bring him back on Cyprus Airways. And he came back the day before firework night, or the evening before firework night. And I went to the quarantine place that he threw to collect him. Again, he's shouting and screaming, not happy at all. And uh, I still have, in fact, the cat container he was brought back in, which is a much proper size one. And uh, I still use that for transporting him to this day. Anyway, I got him, brought him home, and um, he seemed to settle down immediately. I picked him up and I took him up to the bed where Gail was in bed. Oh, she was so to see her looking at him. It was lovely. And uh, and um, it, he, he went up to Gail and she was stroking him on the bed. I got photographs of all of this. It was absolutely lovely. He settled in straight away. He's on the bed and I did something I shouldn't have done, I know, in hindsight. But I got my other cat, Daisy, girl cat. She's a lovely, lovely, gentle cat. I took her upstairs, put her on the bed with him. And they spat at one another. And that was it. Next morning, they're on the window ledge together down here. They just got it all out yeah, the way in one go, and one, then one go, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, so he, he, um, he, he settled in after that. I kept him in for a few weeks, and then he went out. And there's a next door neighbour's got this sort of yucca tree or palm tree thing, and he rushed out and he shot the top of this tree. I've never seen a cat move so quickly. And then down again. Crikey! I hope I get him back. And he did. He came back, and uh, he's been here ever since. Um, and we had a lovely life together that was Daisy Sunderland my lovely wife and I until unfortunately Carol got 
horrible lung cancer and died in 2014. And uh, so Sunderland Daisy and I are alone. And uh, sadly, again, Daisy had to be put to sleep in uh, 2015. She had uh, lumps and bumps of cancer and things. But it was all peaceful. But um, so Sunderland, he seemed a bit miserable after losing Daisy as well. But then he bonded to me and we have a total strong bond together now, Sunderland and I. And uh, so I'm very protective of him. I don't like leaving him for any long period of time. If I go away, never more than a week or so. And even then I feel guilty. But uh, he's fine. Touchwood's still healthy and at the age of 18, Touchwood. What was the effect on Sunderland of losing your wife and Daisy so soon after? I think sort of depression, really. If a cat can have depression, it's the way it struck me. He he went very quiet. You see, he wasn't happy. It wasn't his usual bouncy self. But after about six months, he sort of came back. Less than that, really. They're pretty quick as coming back. But uh, they get over things. I suppose their life isn't as long, and things happen faster in their in their in their thoughts and their metabolism generally. Things have to be quicker. Yeah. And what effect would you say having Sunderland has had on you and your life? Well, I I almost go as far as to say it's helped save my life because uh, when I lost uh, my wife, I was so depressed and sad. I don't know if sadness can actually kill somebody in itself. I'd never take my own life. But I believe you can become so depressed and broken-hearted, it will in fact kill you. And that's how I felt. But certain things, a couple of people helped save me. The girl opposite, my sister, obviously. But Sunderland and Daisy were two, two, the two of the people that helped me the most. And then, of course, losing Daisy didn't help, and that caused more sadness but again Sunderland was there with me all the time on the bed wherever I went he was there so I think we sort of found some solace in one another really so he did help me without doubt Linda my sister is worried about me for when when we lose Sunderland because um it'd be very very sad but I just have to get over that but but you know it'd be very sad it's an incredible journey that you've been on together, if you think of this stray cat yes. in the other side of Europe and, yeah. and all this time you've spent together, the, the, the grief that you've both had to go through and coming yes. together as a stronger unit right. on the other right. side. Right. Um, yeah, it must be a really, um, a really intense bond. Between it is. It is about as intense as you can have with an animal. So a very strong bond with Sunderland and I. And I, I'm very, very uh, aware of great responsibility towards him. After all that time, expense, guilt and hard work yes. involved in bringing him over, it must have felt incredible to finally have that first moment of all four of you together in your room. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess it was all worth the effort. 
Oh, it was. It was. It was worth the effort. And uh, I did everything I possibly could for Gail. That's the reason he's here, because she was sick and I loved her very much. And um, she she was lying in bed and she smiled and he looked at her and he walked up the bed to her and she stroked him while she's lying in the bed. It was absolutely lovely to see. Uh, she, you know, I could see a great bond there. They remembered one another, there's no doubt about that. And Gal was so happy. She was, it really, really was lovely to see. And when I took Daisy up there and they're both then on the bed together and not fighting, but not liking one another very much, you could see that. But the funny thing was, as I say, next morning they're on the window ledge together yeah. that night um i think i shut sunderland in the kitchen and left daisy on the bed because i'd make more of a fuss of her really because she was the one that was having the intrusion into her life and she stayed on the bed with us but next day let sunderland <laughs> out and he came up yeah it's wonderful yeah so finally, to sum up, how would you say all of this experience that you've been through together has changed Sunderland? Well, he's gone from an aggressive little demon who was very, very gentle with Gail, uh, but he'd, he'd bite me and all sorts of horrors, scratch. But he's gone to the most gentle cat you could ever imagine. He's amazing. Thank you, Alan. That's great. There was a moment in our conversation when Alan was talking about losing Gail and the subsequent grieving process. He said that Sunderland and Daisy were two of the people that helped save him. Now, I don't know whether his use of the word people was deliberate or not, but it was something that really resonated with me. It's difficult to put across to non-cat people or non-pet people how much support our cats can offer us. That in them we can find strength, solace and the friend you need to help you through difficult moments. It's clear that Alan has been through a very difficult time and his bond with Sunderland is something that has certainly helped him and as for Sunderland, he has led the most unusual of cat lives. A stray kitten, once sleeping outdoors, walking on beaches and eating scraps of octopus. Now an elderly cat, wrapped in the loving warmth of a stable home 2,000 miles away in southwest London. Alan says that he felt guilt for removing Sunderland from his native home. And although I understand the sentiment, Having seen the two of them together, the love and trust they clearly have in one another, and the way Sunderland reclines in the garden of his loving home without a care in the world, it's difficult to believe that his isn't a story that has benefited them both. Alan and Sunderland, the street cat from Cyprus that helped to save a life. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to spread the word, like, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media. And if you've any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, 
please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon. But until then, join me next time for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now. <laughs>